everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We've got three weeks until the NFL draft. Seems like time is flying as per usual. A lot of good stuff today. Dominic, let's jump into this up. But before, got to talk a little bit about March Madness and that UConn championship. It was an incredible March Madness. UConn ended up dominating and get their fifth national championship. Were you able to, to catch any of that championship game? I saw a little bit here and there. I wasn't into it as much since my bracket got completely destroyed. But man, <laughs> UConn, year in and year out, they have a great program up there and congratulations you know they deserved it they were the better team this year and on to next year 100 it's good to see you know one of the teams that's not uh quote unquote highly rated when it all like not a, a one seed or a two seed so definitely was a great tournament and uh yeah already excited for next year so uh so yeah congrats to the yukon huskies their fifth national championship let's get into some nfl dominic and uh like i said we got the draft coming up You've got a latest mock draft. Actually, we can start with that. Uh, latest mock draft posted on NFL.com by Lance Zerline. And he has Bryce Young going number one to the Carolina Panthers. And at number two, shockingly enough, he has a non-quarterback going to the Houston Texans. He has Tyree Wilson, uh, Texas Tech Edge, going to the Houston Texans. This would be surprising to me. Uh, if Houston doesn't take a quarterback here, this is just one of many mock drafts. Obviously, I think like 99% of them have uh, Houston Texans taking a quarterback. But is there any chance the Houston Texans don't take a quarterback at number two? It'd be very, very unlikely. Houston completely needs a quarterback. We all know this. But, you know, D'Amico Ryan's the head coach up there, is a defensive-minded coach. If he doesn't like the quarterbacks and he's in love, absolutely in love with a defensive player, I guess I could see it happen. But, I mean, when you're picking a number two and there's that many quarterbacks that are potentially, you know, franchise quarterbacks, I'd be hard-pressed to see Houston passing up on this. So, no, I think they'll be taking a quarterback for sure in their second pick. That's a good point, though, Don. We talk about D'Amico Ryan. He's the obviously going to be the, the new man in charge there. Defensive guy. So it's, if there's any any chance, I guess you could kind of look at that. Although the, the mock draft does have Houston Texans taking Will Levi at number seven. Uh, also, just may as well stick with this draft. It's actually a pretty exciting one. They have the Baltimore Ravens trading up all the way to number four to get C.J. Stroud. Uh, if Lamar Jackson deal does not get done, Obviously, that would be uh, something to keep an eye on. It's look over the last like few weeks, there hasn't really been too much news. I guess in terms of Lamar Jackson and potential signings, we talked about it a lot last week, Dom. I think this could be a you know a good fit. Obviously, if Baltimore is not able to get a deal done, then re really like who do you have as backup for the the Baltimore Ravens? Right, you have Huntley, and he showed signs of promises in his few starts, but I don't think he's ready to be a franchise quarterback. So. If Baltimore doesn't get a deal done here with Lamar Jackson, let's say he gets traded, something as as obviously needs to be uh, to be you know done with this Baltimore Ravens team because they have a team ready to to build now for the most part. So I would look at Baltimore taking a quarterback in this draft if they're not able to get a deal done with Lamar Jackson. To me, it makes sense, and especially if Stroud is available all the way at pick number four, I like this trade up for the Baltimore Ravens here. Yeah, it does make sense. I think that it all depends on whatever is going to happen with Lamar Jackson. And the more that it drags on, the more that we think that Lamar Jackson 
will be playing elsewhere. There's been a discussion that Baltimore might actually have put up an offer for Odell Beckham. I mean, if Odell wants to go play in Baltimore as a ride receiver, I'd be shocked. I don't know where this rumor is coming from, but I think it all comes down to trying to convince Lamar to stay and maybe adding him some extra weapons for one year to showcase his full value and then pay him kind of a bizarre way to proceed. But, you know, who knows what Baltimore's really thinking. However, on the flip side, it is also maybe another pressure tactic to tell Lamar, hey, listen, we're moving on without you and we're thinking about big names to fill their salary. So Odell would be definitely one of those guys commending. I think he's wanting $15 million a year. I don't think that's going to happen. He might land in between, you know, seven, maximum 10 million a year. I think yeah. he still has to prove himself. But yeah, Baltimore making moves and on it's just the discussion front overall. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But I'm sure that they might actually make a move in free agency pretty darn quick. Uh, and put some uh, pressure on Lamar to kind of figure his things out. And uh, I just, the longer this drags, William, the more I see Lamar Jackson playing somewhere else. Oh, for sure. And you're right, that 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 just makes sense. And it's almost like, I talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation, right? And him with the Jets. And, and I spoke to speak to one of my buddies, the so Jets fan. He's not worried at all. And it's like, okay, look, maybe they're waiting till draft day to get something done with Rodgers. But I don't know. Like, it just, it to me, it's bizarre that, the Jets want for this is a, another example, but the Jets want Rodgers. Rodgers wants to be a New York Jet. Why has the deal not been done? Like I get there's logistics. There's you know you have to find a trade part. Uh, well, sorry, not trade part. But you have to find someone something to trade him for. Uh, what money's gonna you know money gonna give him? What is he worth? Blah blah blah. There's a lot of back and forth. But I totally with you, Dom. Like the longer these big deals don't get done, and we talk about these quarterbacks and franchise guys, the more you see them playing somewhere else. And you know with with in terms of Rodgers there, the, le- the longer this goes on, the less I see him playing with the New York Jets. And with Lamar, the more this goes on, the less I see him playing with the Baltimore Ravens. And of course, there's going to be, or there should be a lot of teams that want Lamar. Um, and just do you think, Dom, that maybe one of the reasons for Lamar um, not getting as much, uh, I guess you can say, attention from other teams? Because look, when the Baltimore Ravens announced he was potentially going to be uh, no longer a Raven. We heard a bunch of teams like right away see they were going, they were not going to explore Lamar, right? And that's rare. Usually you have guys say, "Okay, I'm in, I'm in." But like these were teams that publicly announced we're not going after him, which is rare. Do you think that teams feel they're going to have to adjust their offense in order to cater to him, and that may be big, right? Because Baltimore runs a unique style of offense, right? In a day and age where it's a lot of passing, they run the ball a lot and. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. Their offense has seen success over the years. I don't know if they can consistently do it. For me, it's I find it a tough offense to run in today's NFL. But do you think that you know coaches and teams are a little bit concerned that they'll have to completely shift their offense and that the way they call their game, if they get in a guy like Lamar Jackson, that's maybe why he hasn't seen all the attention that we thought he would see? I think the injuries play a big factor, as we all know. It's all about injuries and a mobile quarterback, the more he gets hurt, the less valuable he gets long-term because it takes away his dynamic speed. So at the end of the day, that's the big issue. How many more years do you see Lamar playing in the NFL? If you give him an extra five years, I don't see why nobody's pulling the trigger on Lamar, personally speaking. I think Lamar Jackson is a proven MVP player. He fits the style of the new NFL. Uh, To me, Everyone's just obsessed 
and don't get me wrong, I'm obsessed too. <laughs> the position, you got to be a great passer. You just have to be if you're willing to invest the big bucks on your quarterback, bar none. But when I saw a guy like Hertz this year make it to the Super Bowl, yeah. I thought really the Philadelphia was going to win it. I really did. And I thought this guy was going to bring kind of those mobile quarterbacks into the forefront and we were going to see a changing of the guard. So we haven't seen it. And we're still uh, dependent on, obviously, a guy like Pat Mahomes, which is a dime a dozen. So good luck on finding your next Pat Mahomes. I don't even think he's in this draft. So people need to pull yeah. the trigger and just invest. And Lamar Jackson is a project worth investing on if you have maybe something else kind of in the weeds. For example, big news out of Tennessee. We're hearing news that maybe Tennessee is going to be moving to number three. The yeah. only guy that I see them going to pick up is a guy like Anthony Richardson. So if they're willing to go ahead and invest in a mobile quarterback since they already have a guy like uh, Malik Willis, you could have brought in a guy like Lamar Jackson. If you're talking about to go get Anthony Richardson, imagine having a, a team with Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. That team, <laughs> I'm telling you, would outseed Jacksonville winning that division. I honestly tell you, if you put Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry together, that would bring fireworks to Tennessee. That's the only reason why I bring this up. If Tennessee's moving up to number three, shouldn't you guys be having some conversations about Lamar Jackson? What's your thoughts on that, William? That's a good one. Well, first of all, I think that if Tennessee gets Lamar and they have Lamar and Derrick Henry, I'm not sure that they'll be allowed to pass the football with those two great runners. Uh, that'd be something else. That's a good point, though. In all seriousness, I think that, you know, you bring up a good point with Lamar and, you know, potential suitors there. But Tennessee, Dom, uh, with them, they're looking up to go to potentially to number three. And I think that's a good move for them. I really do. Because, look, Malik Willis, well, I'll admit we haven't seen enough. But in the times we have seen him, the, the poor guy struggled, right? He hasn't looked good. And let's, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We'll call a spade a spade. Tanhill, everyone knows my thoughts on Tanhill. Great backup quarterback potentially plug-in guy that can come in, win you a few games. Don't think he's a leader. Don't think he's a guy that's going to lead you to the promised land. So I actually like this aggressiveness by Tennessee if it gets done, right? This could all be, um, you know, uh, smokescreen and, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. And it could be Tennessee trying to, uh, you know, throw everybody off. But I actually like this. And one of the reasons I do is because I found Tennessee to be one of the least aggressive teams in the NFL over the last few years. They've kind of stayed put with their team. They've had Tanhill, you know, they've decided to keep Henry, which of course everybody should do. Yes, they've, they've, they've trade obviously wide receivers and, and losing AJ Brown was big. And in terms of that respect, you know, they've, they've been gutsy and it's not easy to do that, but at the quarterback position, they've seen to, to stay pat and they haven't really had that QB that's, you know, sold tickets for these guys or put these guys on the map for a while. So I, if the Tennessee Titans trade up to number three, I think they're doing it potentially to get the best quarterback available at that point. They may not even be completely fixed on one quarterback. They may say, look, we're going to trade up to three and whatever quarterback that we think is the best available there at that point, we're going to take, you know, similar to the, um, similar to the Panthers trading up to one. They may not even know themselves who they're going to draft. They may just want to get that number one pick. Then they'll dive in. They'll do the research and figure that out. So if Tennessee does that, I'd, I'd be a huge fan of that if I was a Titans fan because I think that we talked about it on the show a, a little bit uh, over the past few weeks. Tennessee needs a little bit of a reboot. They need some, you know, some juice and a little bit of the macho going on because this is a franchise that's been solid for years, but uh, they need a little bit more of a spark. And trading up to number three would be uh, would be definitely a way to do that. 
Yeah, I don't know about trading to number three. Yeah, you could do what I just discussed about Richardson and drafting him and having the Richardson and Malik Willis combo. But the point that I'm making is that if you're having a conversation about moving up, first thing comes to mind is a QB. So if you're having a conversation about bringing in a QB, why not bring in Lamar Jackson? So that's how I was kind of like looking at it more than actually them drafting. Right, right, right. If they do draft a quarterback at three and actually they do do the move, great. Great for Tennessee. But I was more or less really bringing this to the forefront to say like there's obviously a lot of conversation happening about who's the next quarterback long-term potentially for Tennessee. What direction are they going to go? And I don't think there's that much tweaking to do. This is a beautiful team that has a team first mentality. It's all about the team in Tennessee. And they're going to do it the hard way, running the football and really playing without like needing a huge superstar. Granted, last year, it didn't work out for Tennessee, but they were one of the most depleted teams in terms of injuries in the entire NFL. And a guy like Mike Grable knows how to put a game plan together on a weekly basis in a weak division. I think Tennessee could make a big move, could make a big splash, whether it's through the draft or th- or through free agency. Heck, keep an eye on maybe Aaron Rodgers could end up in Tennessee if we're talking about the QB position. We just don't know what they're going to do. So keep an eye on those Tennessee Titans. Heck, you never know, Dom, especially with uh, the crazy stuff that's been happening over the last few years. Well, let me ask you, Dom, you talk about Tennessee, and you, I know you've been a big fan of Rabel and the way the team is constructed. Can you see this team making a run, a deep run in the playoffs, or potentially making it to the Super Bowl? It would depend on a few things. First of yeah. all, you would have to ride Derrick Henry all the way to the Super Bowl, and you would need an offensive line to do it. Yeah. They don't have that offensive line currently. They lost a huge piece in Taylor Luan, yeah. and they didn't really address it too much in free agency. So having said that, they do have a beautiful piece waiting for them in the draft. I like this guy. This guy's huge, Paris Johnson from yeah. Ohio State. He's the best offensive tackle, in my opinion, in the draft. If they got their hands on this guy, trust me, you could put Derrick Henry behind this guy. He'll lead the way. And – Tennessee would make the playoffs. Now, a Super Bowl run would require another superstar. Yeah. I don't know what receiver is out there that they can go pluck other than Odell. And Odell, hey, technically speaking, he wants the limelight. He wants to be a number one. Tennessee doesn't really have a number one other than uh, a guy that they drafted last year who didn't really pan out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're, they're missing pieces is what I'm trying to say. So I think that at the yeah. end of the day, can they do it? As long as you have Terry Henry, you can do basically anything because he could just turn the clock. But you'll need an extra piece. And that would be probably at right receiver. And I would go get myself probably Odell Beckham to compliment Derrick Henry. Good take. I like that. We talked a lot about the quarterbacks, potentially Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. A guy we haven't really talked about in a while, Dom, is Mac Jones. And reportedly, it looks like the Patriots are looking to shop Mac Jones. This came as a surprise. Only uh, really yesterday, on on Monday, was it uh, announced that the Patriots are potentially looking for uh, a trading partner or a way to to ultimately get rid of Mac Jones. This, This surprised me, I think, because a few reasons. One is Mac Jones did have a decently good rookie year. And... 
he like he may not have been the the quarterback these guys were hoping for this early on in his career because last year was a down year and there just wasn't much excitement to this Patriots offense and he, he didn't really seem to be leading these leading the charge either um but you know when you draft a quarterback like this and early on you kind of think maybe this guy's going to be a project and you have a few years to kind of work with him look I guess Belichick doesn't want to raid around. You know, he's not really the type of guy that goes in re quote unquote rebuilding mode. Obviously, we know the success this Patriots team had consistently over the last uh, 30 years, really. So, yeah, Mac Jones, we don't know what's going to happen yet, obviously, but uh, potentially looking to be shot by the New England Patriots. This surprised me, Dom. I'm curious to get your takes on it. I love it. I think that's the right thing to do. Get Mac Jones out of town as quick as possible. I personally think he's a bag of poo and he can just move on. I don't know what you're going to be able to get for a bag of poo, maybe two bags of poo. I really don't know. But at the end of the day, I think a guy like Billy Zappi could do just as good as Mac Jones for the New England Patriots next year to at least start the season. And maybe New England drafts a quarterback. Who knows? A lot of guys that are kind of like going to be drafted in the third round and the fourth round might not be on a lot of people's radar. But, you know, when you go behind Bill Belichick, this is the guy who brought in Tom Brady and made him who he was. I mean, sure, Tom Brady had a lot to do with it, but we all know what Tom Brady looked like when he went to the combine. That did not look like a superstar. So I gave my confidence fully in Bill Belichick. And if he wants to get Mac Jones out of town, I'm all for it. If I'm going to pick a name really quickly, who's going to be out there as a free agent that I would bring in just to shore things up? I mean, why not bring an old school guy? I honestly think that if you bring in Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan, you're getting an upgrade over Mac Jones. Maybe people like Mac Jones. I don't. I'll take injured Carson Wentz any day over Mac Jones and give me old man Matt Ryan on one leg could do it more than Mac Jones. Why? It's just, you know, the kid was never able to materialize in New England and it seemed like he never was able to get his confidence going. We all know Matt Ryan made it to the Super Bowl. We all know when Carson Wentz plays well, Carson Wentz is a darn good, decent quarterback. Yeah. But he's just, just too injured quite often. So that's my take, basically. Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, keep your eyes on those two guys. I have a feeling they will get signed by New England. Well, it's curious because you got to think, like, look, what's the backup plan here for New England if they decide to move on from Mac Jones? Is it we want to move on from Mac Jones at all costs? We're going to move on from him if, we, you know, we find a suitable uh, guy, you know, like you said, a veteran guy that could come in and, and win us some games and Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. Or are they going to do something in the draft, right? We talk about mock drafts. And the, in uh, Lance Zierlein's latest mock draft, he has Anthony Richardson falling all the way to New England at 14, which would be like, look, uh, I was watching NFL Total Access yesterday, and they brought up a good point. Anthony Richardson has compared himself to Cam Newton, and we saw Cam Newton play in a Patriots uniform, and it didn't work out, and it was a run first, and there didn't seem to be much moxie or mojo or flow to the Patriots offense. Are you willing to take in a guy like Anthony Richardson that, you know, he himself says he's similar to Cam Newton and potentially make it work? Look, obviously when the Pats got Cam Newton, it wasn't primetime Cam Newton, it wasn't MVP Cam Newton when he was with the Carolina Panthers. So maybe this is a situation where New England's going to say, look, we're going to get a quote-unquote better version of Cam Newton at the prime of his career when he's when he's coming out of college, fresh out of college, and we know his, his name is being hyped. We're going to obviously sell tickets because we're the Patriots, but now we're going to get some, you know, some 
uh, I guess you could say some some flow or some fire to this team because you know, this this offense was flat over the, these last few seasons. There just wasn't much going. There was no superstar. There was no identity to this Patriots team. So if you're telling me a guy like Richardson is available at 14 and New England is picking there, I'd be shocked if they didn't if they weren't uh, gonna gonna pick him up there because look. Some people are talking about this guy even going maybe number three overall, like we said, potentially number one. You never know in today's NFL with the draft. But look, I think it just depends what the Patriots are, you know, what are they thinking here? They're, they want to get rid of Mac Jones no matter what. Uh, can they bring in, right, like you said, solid veterans, guys that potentially back up quarterbacks that could win you a few games? Or are you going all in, right? You're going all in to change the identity of your franchise and potentially grab a guy like Anthony Richardson. Like that would give this team, I guess you say, the fire that they've been missing over the last few seasons. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think that Richardson would not fit the New England Patriots scheme whatsoever. This is Bill Belichick's show, and he'll run it how he wants. I don't think he wants to go off script with a guy like Richardson who is going to be probably improvising half the time that he's on the field. He needs to be under a system that is very loose, and Bill Belichick's system is very structured, and it's built around that running game. I don't see it, William. I think it'd be a huge mistake if a guy like Richardson would end up with Bill Belichick. I think that Belichick needs a pocket kind of quarterback. He needs to design his plays to really free up that running game. He likes to use multiple backs uh, to run the football. I don't think he wants a mobile quarterback. He tried his experiment with Cam Newton. It failed miserably. Let that be a lesson, Bill. Don't go back there. If you do, I'm sorry. I think the New England Patriots would probably finish almost dead last in the NFL. That's how bad a signing uh, or a pickup I see uh, Richardson ending up in New England. I really think that that's a veteran quarterback, William. I think that yeah. a veteran quarterback runs a system, follows the instructions, delivers, uh, give me some accuracy. I know that uh, Matt Ryan hasn't been as accurate as we would like, but I would still give him the nod over any quarterback right now available in the draft or available as a free agent. I know it sounds crazy. But wow. If you're, just, if you're just talking about one year, next yeah, year, yeah. who does New England need to have? Give me Matt Ryan. If that's the quarterback available, that's the guy that I would bring. Matt Ryan as a New England Patriot. Well, it's good like you, you emphasize that right one year, right? Obviously not the guy that's going to lead this franchise over the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. That'd be probably somebody in the draft or someone in free agency besides Matt Ryan. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a good point because you always kind of look at what are you seeing for this team? Are you building over the next five to 10 years? Do you think your team is competitive enough to kind of come in? I get what you're saying about Matt Ryan, and I think that potentially makes sense. Maybe if this team was a little bit more I guess I could say well structured. I'm I'm not sure just yet if this team is ready to make a run. You don't like but... Juju? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about Mike? What about Mike Gazicki? I know these guys seem to be like, you know, players that had their chance and didn't really yeah. do much. But listen, they're both talented players. Those are yeah. both are players that are going to produce. These are not going to be like Devontae Parker pickups, which don't get me wrong, he's still on the team, but yeah. these are going to be a lot more prolific signings than we've seen in the past with New England and uh, keep an eye on Juju to have a productive year and as well Mike Gazicki. I think both those guys with a quarterback like Matt Ryan could definitely produce 
even even the Devontae Parker down, like I like no, I know out of Miami, he he had up and down seasons. He hasn't been able to stay on the field, and he hasn't really worked out in New England. But there could be a quarterback that potentially locks up his or uh, brings up his potential. So yeah, like I I do love the Gasicki signing. I think that it's a great signing for the Pats. I was really upset to see him go. And Juju Luck, as much as we you know we talk about him and TikTok Schuster and all that stuff, yeah, his off the field antics can get annoying at times. But this is you know a team that as a bunch of guys that have potential and that we've seen over the last few seasons, now can they all mesh it together? The Patriots are going to be an interesting team to follow this season, not just because of the patch, but just because kind of the guys that they've brought and then it's where's going to be, who's going to be this identity? Are they really going to be a, a team first um, group of guys? Are they going to have that one superstar? Are they going to decide to run the football? A lot of questions in New England. And I would say, like, look, let's say New England's picking up 14 down. Okay, you said Anthony Richardson may not fit the system. I guess we could. I, I see what you're going there. I think he's a, if he's available, you take him. But I get what you're saying. They tried that with Cam Newton. Not there, blah, blah, blah. It's not working. Fine. What if the two quarterbacks are taken at that point in Bryce Young and um, C.J. Stroud? If there's a guy like Will Levi, is there, like, do you think the if you're New England, would you take him there? Or do you think, like, at 14, New England should get a quarterback, like you said, a similar Matt Ryan guy, and help to build around him? Or if there's any other quarterback besides the top two picks, the consensus top two picks in this uh, in this draft, do you think New England snatches them up? And I'm asking you, would that be a good fit for them if it wasn't Richardson? Uh, I like a guy named Tanner McKee. Uh, he's from Stanford. I really think that he fits the mold of a big, tall, pocket quarterback that could Definitely shock a lot of people. Maybe a, a Joe Flacco kind of clone. You know, Flacco won a Super Bowl. He followed the system. The system led him to the Super Bowl. That's what you need in New England. A guy that could just follow the system, let Belichick design things that no one has seen, and let a young guy in his in his second year come in and have that opportunity. There's also Billy Zappi. He didn't go 2-0 for, no, for nothing. He obviously delivered a little bit uh, last year for New England. Yeah. So if I am New England, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. The more time you provide your quarterback, the better it is. And right now, they need to protect that guy in a division with Buffalo, in a division with the Jets. Those two teams are going to have a massive defense. Miami's going to try to outscore New England. That's basically what Miami's going to do all year is outscore everybody. But defensively, you need to have ways to stick to or, you know, kind of put a wall to that New York Jets defense and put a wall to that Buffalo's defense because they will be coming after whoever's that quarterback. So that's what I would do. Draft an offensive lineman for those Patriots, protect the quarterback, let the system run itself. And next thing you know, you might find yourself in the playoffs. Yeah, look, it's uh, offensive line obviously is, is often where it's at. Build the game in the trenches. And we've seen this team, uh, you know, run the football a lot more than we've seen them do in the past. So having a great O-line for sure, for sure, would definitely be beneficial for that run game. But they do um, need some weapons, you know. We yeah, for sure, for it. sure. You got to put points on the board. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a guy where they're going to be drafting if it's uh, worth the risk. Example, Jordan Addison. He seems to be like a project player, kind of a thin frame. Same thing with Zay Flowers, a smaller receiver. If there was like this gigantic receiver kind of like, you know, a three down ride receiver to run all the routes that they need. I just don't see him. He's not, he's not there in this draft. At least he's waiting in the weeds, maybe in the, in a couple later rounds, a surprise pick, but for the first round, you can't go wrong with drafting an offensive lineman. 
you obviously know whether or not you want a blocking guard or a pass blocking, yeah. you know, offensive tackle. Right, you know right. what you want. That's going to be available to you in the first round. It's up to you to draft the guy that fits your system. What about potentially a receiver like Jackson Smith and Jingba? You think that he would potentially upgrade this team for the Patriots? He's a great number two. So okay. he's not a number yeah, one. He's that. a great number two. Great. He's going to be able to run the routes, but you don't want to have double coverage on him all game. Can Juju take double coverage? Yeah, well, we've seen him take double coverage. So he'd be a good fit, but he won't be a breakout star. I guarantee you that guy will not be a breakout star. He'll be a guy that comes in, fits like a glove if there's a number one. And technically speaking, I really like Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. even though a lot of people <laughs> – have passed on him a, a while ago, but he's definitely a number one for me. So yeah, Jackson could definitely come in and be a number two. Yeah, I, I think right now for the Pats, they just need to find that identity. And, and once they do that, it'll be easier to sell people on where the team is headed. It'd be easier, obviously not to sell tickets because they'll sell tickets no matter what, but be easier to compete in a division, you know, with up and coming rising teams and, you know, in the AFC, which has seen a lot of great teams take a step forward. Let's stay in the AFC East. Um, we've talked about, or you specifically have mentioned the importance of the Buffalo Bills potentially getting a running back here. And look, Josh Allen is an incredible runner. He's a, a transformer uh, character that, you know, is able to break tackles, doesn't get hurt, doesn't get sacked, is able to, you know, shed defenders and, you know, fight forward for that extra three, four, five yards. Um, and, you know, put the team on his back. And obviously he's an incredible thrower. We've seen what we need to see out of Josh Allen to, you know, call him a top five QB in the NFL However, this team needs help at the running back position, and you've brought it up often, and I would have to agree with you, and I think a lot of people would agree with you. Number one, take the pressure off of Josh Allen, but number two, you really have to be able to run the football nowadays, and I think oftentimes there were situations where defenses knew Buffalo would have to run the football, they were ready for it, and they didn't have a running back to be able to break off and make a play, or Buffalo was afraid to run the football in running down situations because they don't trust that running back. In this latest mock draft by Zerline, they have um, Buffalo trading up to get Bijan Robinson out of Texas. And I think he is the number one running back in this draft consensusly. And I'm not sure it's even all that close. I'm not even sure if there's like a 1B running back close to him. I think it's Robinson and everybody else. What would be your thoughts on Buffalo trading up to get him? Or do you think Buffalo could expand uh, in free agency and we pick up a, a running back that uh, you know has uh, has a little bit left on his tires uh, but how important do you think it is for Buffalo to to get a running back to be able to ease some of the pressure off of Josh Allen and uh, and this Buffalo Bills offense yeah I don't know about Buffalo to be honest with you William I think that uh, Buffalo is going to be going backwards right now and I think that they had their opportunity to shine even if they bring in a running back yeah. I just don't know if they want to do that. And because it would just change the entire dynamic of this offense. This offense is built off Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen, it's the one-man show, one-man pony. And they're telling him right now, dude, you're not going to be running this year. We're going to protect you. But unfortunately, I think Josh Allen is just not a great, great quarterback. Like, I say great, great putting him the Pat Mahomes. He's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's like limited to his skill sets. If you don't let him run around, I don't think he's going to be productive as much. This offensive line is built to protect against the pass, to provide Allen the ability to be flexible and run when he wants, 
uh, just stay in that pocket and let him make the decision. So it comes down to a structure that I don't think the Buffalo Bills has currently, which is that offensive line isn't built for the run. I wouldn't at all touch the running game that they've actually created. I think James Cook has the potential to be a star in this league. He just hasn't had the opportunity to be a three down back. I would literally give him the key to Buffalo next year. In other words, let James Cook be the guy, the three down back that Buffalo has been looking for. If he goes down in injury, you're fine because you've got Damian Harris, who is just a north-south runner. And to me, that's basically all you need in this offense is a guy who's willing to go north-south. They have that in Damian Harris. And if he were to get injured, then you got Naheem Hines, and you're you're stuck to go back to Josh Allen. Well, now we don't have any options anymore. You're now a running back, and you can pass it in the flat to Naheem Hines. So to answer your question, no. Buffalo should not draft a monster like Robinson to lead this team because it would change the dynamics so much that mm-hmm. I think it would backfire tremendously. Buffalo can draft a running back, but keep that in the third round, maybe even the fourth round. You need to add some more offensive weapons. You want to compete against the big leagues of the Pat Mahomes and the passing game that Miami has. You're going to need to inject some more bloody ride receivers. I know it's crazy. They already have digs, but I don't like Gabe Davis as much as a lot of other people out there might like. This guy's more like a play action ride receiver that will get you a couple touchdowns here and there, but that's about it. You need another guy like Stefan Diggs. Draft the right receiver, Jackson Smith and Ingba, and I think that you would be probably an elite team next year. That's all you're missing is another amazing right receiver that can run routes, that can catch at least about 80 balls a game. That guy is Jackson Smith and Ingba. He'd be the number two perfect for Stefan Diggs to really produce in Buffalo. So no, don't give me some Robinson. Give me some Jackson Smith Enigma. Well, that's cool. Like we haven't really talked about Buffalo and and them improving the wide receiver position because of the connection that Josh Allen has with Diggs. I think that would be a good fit as well. For me, it's just we've seen this play out for Buffalo before, and I find it's a similar situation where okay, come playoff time, you know, Josh Allen has has done everything he could to put this team on his back. We're like throwing the football, running the football. And it's like, I don't want to see, I never think he's too tired to go and win a football game. But I just think right now some pressure needs to be alleviated off him. Because, I mean, there's times where he's throwing the ball like 40 plus times. And it's like, that's a lot in a football game. Plus, he's running the ball too as well. So, while I get in Jigba there, I have to say, I'd, I'd be a big fan if they brought in Robinson. And you're right, Dom. It may change the way this football team plays a little bit. But I don't know if that's such a bad idea because I think come playoff time, this Buffalo Bills team, they're always good, but they become a little bit predictable. And if, if Stephon Diggs isn't producing for this team, who else is going to produce, right? You got Gabe Davis. Okay, he's a solid wide receiver too. Cole Beasley's gone, right? And you got uh, you got like solid production out of their, their tight ends over this past season. They got nothing. I'm telling you. There's nothing. It's a Fungese yeah. Buffalo. They basically have put all their chips behind Josh Allen. And they're not right. built anywhere else but letting him do what he does best. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, you got no choice but to let him do what he's going to do. And he's not yeah. going to have maybe a long season or he might not have a long career. He might get injured, unfortunately, but you build your team that way. That's all I'm getting at. This yeah, team is not built to run the football. They're just not. And until they are, 
until I see that offensive line change with it hasn't as much as I would like personally, then uh, you're going to see what you see, which is a team that's going to have a lot of problems uh, keeping Josh Allen from doing what you, what he wants to do, which is improvise and uh, chuck the ball downfield almost on every single play. So I I hear what you're saying. Normally I would agree with you. We definitely need a running game in Buffalo, but I don't know how they're going to do that. So that's why I don't think Robinson's a good fit. I don't think that if bringing him in is going to solve this problem whatsoever, it would make this team regress as crazy as this might sound. Mm. Well, definitely will be a big year for Josh Allen and those Buffalo Bills. Got to answer the haters once and for all. And it hasn't been pretty come playoff time for them. We got the NFL draft in three weeks. Ten wait should be a good one. Carolina Panthers on the clock. Still not sure who they're going to take at number one. Dom, any, uh, you know, has your mind changed or do you, what do you think the Carolina Panthers are going to do? I know we talked about CJ Stroud. Ultimately, I think that's where they're going to go. I hope they go Bryce Young, but if I was a betting man, I'd take CJ, I would think they would take CJ Stroud. Are you sticking with that for now? Yeah, as much as I want to say a guy like Anthony Richardson, had yeah. Cam Newton not play in Carolina, I think they'd be. Uh, bold enough to take Richardson. But since they just went through that, I think they're going to go with more of a accuracy and clutch moments. And I think uh, CJ Strout has the potential to be a mega superstar in the NFL. It's about him to deliver and it's going to take him at least a year. We won't expect anything big out of Carolina next year, but you never know. They could squeak into the playoffs in, in that week division, but CJ Strout is my guy at number one. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, obviously, look, maybe the Carolina Panthers don't know who they're going to take, like I said, which would be pretty uh, pretty crazy and exciting there. It's going to be a lot of speculation up until draft day. Like I said, draft is three weeks away. I'm looking me, at a few mock drafts, and I was watching um, NFL Total Access yesterday, and it was pretty surprising to me, but they had, Lance Zuleyn did, had Jalen Hyatt, a Tennessee wide receiver, a very long, skinny kind of jump ball receiver, going to the Los Angeles Chargers. It's like, when I think of the Chargers, I don't know like what it is they're missing. Like in the sense that I like Justin Herbert. I like their wide receivers. Let's say Austin Eckler decides to stay there. They're solid there. Defensively, okay, yeah, they could be better. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're poor. They have some players that could, I guess you could say, you know, potentially turn a game around. Like I find this Chargers team a little bit tough to figure out in the sense that like where does this team go in the draft do they go wide receiver do they help out justin herbert and i love my wide receivers and maybe that would take a lot of pressure off of keenan allen and mike williams just never seems to be healthy for back-to-back games so i could see that making sense there uh if the uh the Chargers decide to go with the wide receiver and uh, especially you know like if let's say jingba is available they're at 21 i think you got to jump at that opportunity but here they got jane hyatt kind of a, like that said like a jump ball receiver who I like as well, who's been good. And if he's available there, I can see them taking him. But I don't know. It's just something about this Chargers team that makes it difficult. Like, I can see them going in so many different ways in this draft, Dom, that like no matter who they pick, I can say, yeah, that makes sense. That's a good pick. That makes them better. Uh, as long as the player is a good player, obviously, and he fits the system. Like I can see this this Chargers team going in, in, in several different directions. What about you? Or do you think there's one position group the Chargers should, should identify going into this draft? You know, the Chargers are in a beautiful place. They're they're basically in a place where they can win the Super Bowl next year. That's how highly I think of the Chargers. The problem is they have Brandon Staley as their head coach. 
And you're not going to go nowhere with Brandon Staley as your head coach. So no matter who they add to this draft, <laughs> it will not make a difference, unfortunately, because this guy is brutal. That's just my opinion. Now, however, to answer your question, what would I do if if I had to draft the player? I mean, you just got to protect your quarterback. I come back to the offensive line because you do have the weapons already. Keenan Allen, I think he's fine. Mike Williams, I think he's fine. Josh Joshua Palmer, I think he's fine. Tight end, Gerald Everett, I think he's fine. I don't yeah. even think that you should touch that at all. That's your bread and butter team. March 4th, all the way through, and uh, make it to the Super Bowl. The problem is, if you let Austin Eckler walk, you're not even making the playoffs. This wow. guy is the most underrated running back in the entire NFL. He is an absolute beast, and he's not even that big as a running back. It's mind-boggling for me the amount of disrespect the Chargers franchise has shown to this individual because he is the glue, in my opinion, to this entire offense. As much as I love Justin Herbert, it's been the Austin Eckler show for the past couple seasons, and it shouldn't change whatsoever. You brought in a guy like Kendricks uh, to fix your biggest problem, which was run defense. This guy's going to shore up that defense. This is a great football team. But as long as Brandon Staley is the head coach, they will not go anywhere with that guy. And unfortunately, that's who's your head coach next year. So don't expect much. Uh, I could see them miraculously make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, if, uh, I don't know, Staley gets drunk and uh, doesn't make it to the game half the time. <laughs> but uh, other than that, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. It, it really comes down to the quarterback play. If Justin Herbert takes control of most of the plays, out of uh, Staley's hands and kind of improvise and audibles a lot when the time counts. That's basically the only way, but this is a beautiful team. The Chargers have all they got to do is keep on plugging the holes. I would definitely focus on the offensive line, but uh, overall it don't matter. You don't need to bring a superstar. You don't need to bring a running back. You don't bring the, need to bring another wide receiver. You're just fine the way you are. So add another offensive lineman. Uh, I think Austin Eckler would definitely agree with you and he feels he's being disrespected. And I guess in a way I could understand why he's not as highly rated as he gets against the other running backs. He's not the sexiest one already. He's not like a Saquon Barkley. He's, he's not uh, sh uh, like super, super shifty like a guy like Le'Veon Bell was in his prime, you know, stuff like that. He's not going to run guys over necessarily. But he's he, kind of that blue-collar running back. And I think that he fits the system well because... They pass a lot, right? And you say, but he's a running back, but he's a really good pass catching back. And he often does uh, become more than just a check down for this team, right? You see J Justin Herbert go through his first read, second read, and check it down to her to uh, Austin Eckler. Sometimes it's almost like he's the first read, which sounds crazy, but like he's that good of a pass catching running back. And to agree with what you said, he doesn't feel like the Chargers are, are you know, giving him the respect that he deserves. And, you know, a lot of people do think highly of him and he, he, obviously in terms of fantasy he's drafted really high year after year because the amount of touches that he gets and you know I can't even say I'll, I'll disagree with you Dom in terms of him being the glue because he's huge for this team right and if they let him go do they how pressed are they to bring in a running back right because Austin Eckler right now you don't know. Chances are he won't be playing with the Chargers next year they're not they haven't seemed to get anything worked out 
if oh, they they'll figure lose. it out, William. They, this yeah. guy's not going anywhere. You think he's going to stay a charger? Go, oh, yeah. He's guy. He's, he okay. has to. He just – come on, man. 107 receptions for a running back? You're going to yeah. let that guy walk? Are you nuts? I mean, that's just wrong. If they do that, tank the entire franchise. <laughs> tank the – honestly, the ownership as well because this would be a monstrosity of a move by the chargers 107 receptions averaging minimum 4.4 yards a carry as well in the past three years come on man you're gonna let this guy walk it's a joke if they do a real joke honestly his numbers speak for themselves and like i just think he may not be the sexiest on the eye test but he puts up the numbers and you know what do we always say numbers don't lie and that's definitely been the case with him so yeah and especially like in this division you're gonna have to put up points right everybody knows that now we knew that sort of last season we know that coming into this season the afc west you're gonna be able to you're gonna need to put up points especially when it comes to playing the kansas city chiefs then you got the denver broncos right down like we don't know what to expect for them denver hasn't been well it wasn't good the last season they were atrocious last season offensively we don't know right like is there any way that the shift in Denver with the new pieces that they brought in could potentially, you know, wake up this team. Sean Payton, I know you're a big fan of him, huge addition. And he could be the guy to unlock Russell Wilson and getting that passing offense going. I'm curious to see this division, right? You know what you're going to get out of the Chiefs? The Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Chargers, okay. Are they going to lose Eckler? Will they not? Question marks around Mike Williams. Will he stay healthy? Hendricks is a good addition like you talked about. Okay, there's that. The Raiders bringing Jimmy G. How is he going to fit? How is his relationship going to be with Devontae, with, uh, Devontae Adams? Are we going to see Josh Jacobs have another incredible year? Then we got Denver Broncos. Like I just mentioned, all those question marks. AFC West is going to be exciting. I think that it'd be hard to pick against the Chiefs winning it. But I think there's a lot of question marks and things to be answered where we see potential in certain teams and lots of left to be developed here in this division. Uh, to me, it's between the Chargers and the Chiefs again. I think that Denver, at the end of the day, still has a couple more years uh, left to build. I don't think Russell Wilson magically uh, next year with that offense is going to be able to produce, no matter if Sean Payton's there. Unless they went and drafted wide receiver, wide receiver in the first two picks, that'd be a different story. But I don't see that happening. Call me when it does. Uh, other than that, Oakland. I mean, I, mean, I shouldn't say Oakland. Las Vegas, this team is the joke of the NFL right now. When you have a guy like McDaniels that needs to bring only the people that he's worked with. He brought in Garoppolo. Oh, I, I have a, a good friendship with Garoppolo. But when I saw Brian Hoyer end up in Las Vegas this week, I was just like, this guy is not real, man. Go back as an offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel. You will finish dead last, guaranteed. The Raiders are just a sad, sad, sad franchise. And I feel sorry for that fan base because it should be the Oakland Raiders. And it's been the Las Vegas Raiders for the past few years. And quite frankly, it's a terrible product on the field, off the field, all around. Get me Oakland back. I want to see the Raiders in <laughs> Oakland. And until I see that, I won't even bother mentioning those Raiders because they are a terrible football team. And Jimmy Garoppolo will be a terrible signing. And the Raiders are going absolutely nowhere. A team like the Chargers will prove that probably both times they meet them with two beautiful victories and two blowouts. Yeah, I'm just not sure how much better Jimmy G makes this team. You could make the case for sure he's an upgrade to Carr. Is he that much better than Derek Carr that he's going to take this team to a playoff run? I, I just don't see it. It's, you know, you got a great running back, you got great receivers, 
And uh, but losing Waller's big, right? And I don't think people have talked about that enough. Losing Darren Waller for this team is big, especially for Jimmy G, right? He would rely a lot on on this tight end George Kittle there in San Francisco. Waller now going to the New York Giants. We talk about signings that we liked over the season. That has to be one of my favorite signings, Dom. I love Darren Waller going to the Giants just because Danny Dimes needs help. And, you know, whether that's wide receiver or tight end, they went tight end here. He's a good pass-catching tight end. He can really do it all, and we know that he can make these catches that he shouldn't be able to make. So we talk about if we're moving on to great free agent fits so far this season. For me, Darren Waller, maybe even my number one, because I like what he can do. I like that this team has more, um, I guess you could say, flexibility on the offensive position. I look for them to potentially go after another wide receiver, try and bring back Odell. I think that would be sick for this Giants team. Not sure if it'll happen, but I love Waller going to the Giants. That has to be one of my favorite moves in free agency so far. Yeah, it's a huge move. But I was kind of confused what's going on in New York uh, the past week with the owner Mora calling out Dable to say, hey, don't get ahead of yourself. He definitely is the guy in New York in the limelight enjoying all the accolades that he got. And then for the owner to come out and to bring him down a notch, I didn't like that. So as much as a really good signing in Waller will be, and as much as the the, the Giants are are heading in maybe in the right direction, I say maybe because I don't know why they brought back Daniel Jones. But anyways, all that being said, I really didn't like the owner calling out his coach and saying like, I know he's just joking, but behind every little joke is a little truth. I'm in the locker room to see what kind of attitude that Dable has and if he's a bit too cocky. But for your owner to come and say that, I don't know. That was a big red flag for me. So, yes, Waller's a great signing, but I don't know, man. The Giants next year, they're going to be under pressure. They really are. And you talk about the past season they had, and it was, you know, a season where they overachieved. And it's like with Daniel Jones, I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation. It's like, do you really trust this guy when the times get tough? Maybe, maybe not. But did he do what he could last season? to put the team on his back and to, to show he deserves, you know, a big contract. He did. Does he deserve the money that he got? You know, probably not. But did he deserve rewards for what he did last season? I think he did. And, you know, I talked about it on the show often, just with the limited playmakers he had on the offensive side of the football, is that was, uh, you know, was impressed that he was able to do that. And just that, that playoff run, I was uh, impressed with Danny Dimes. Something the Giants got to do is make sure that they keep Saquon Barkley because there's, I don't think there's any, any way this team's going to be competitive if they don't keep him. Um, what's exciting about this NFL free agency, there's still a lot of good players out there. And we talk about non-free agents, guys that could potentially be traded. So a lot to keep an eye on, right? What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, with Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley has two, Derrick Henry as well. A lot of these big, big names are going to be out there until potentially the draft. I think it has the potential to be an exciting draft just because all the trades we'll see on draft day, maybe similar to that, uh, the movie draft day with the Cleveland Browns could be just as entertaining as that. All right, folks, thank you very much for listening to the show. That is it for this week. When you hear our voices next week, we'll be two weeks away from the NFL draft. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, you are listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.